motherfucker. What's up, man? Let me take you for a little spin, man. Show you what it feel like. I gotta go make these drop offs. You think you're the only one out here working, B? Gotta make drop offs too, B. Come on, man, get in, man. I ain't taking no for an answer, man. All right, man. Welcome to the Two Ninety More podcast, man. I appreciate you. Appreciate your time. Why don't you go ahead introduce yourself to my viewers and listeners? Well, I definitely appreciate the opportunity. But before we start, I just want to say, you know, congratulations to you. Appreciate it. You know, you got a lot of knowledge, a lot of game on your page. So I definitely appreciate the opportunity to be on your platform. No problem. My name is is Ronnie France, for the Credit Hero, and I basically help people on less than perfect credit. Whether it's helping repair the credit, rebuild the credit, educate about credit. And I'm also an author, too. My first book came out January 20th. It's called Break the Cycle. You don't have to live with bad credit because that's what it's really about, breaking that cycle. And I'm also an expansion director of a networking group, too, because I believe your network is your network. So I got mm-hmm. a couple of things going on, but again, you know, I definitely want to say thank you to you. Yeah, no problem. So so um, we're going to start kind of from the top and we'll work our way to, to where we are now. So, uh, let's start, uh, where, where are you born and raised? Where are you from? Actually, I'm from Haiti. I was born in Haiti and I moved to Maryland when I was about eight years old. My dad wanted me to have a better life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know, when you're a child, you do what your parents tell you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been living in Maryland, uh, ever since then. Okay. How old were you when you moved from Haiti? I was eight years old. Okay. And do you, how do you remember, how do you remember, um, do you remember living in Haiti? Like, how was the lifestyle compared to coming to America? Was it a big culture shock? Was it, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I haven't, I don't know too much about Haiti, but, you know, from what they tell us, it's a, it's a poor country and all that stuff like that. Is it, is it what, you know what I'm saying? We might see on TV and in magazines. Okay. So, um, yeah. So I, um, actually I go back periodically mm-hmm. and Haiti is one of, is like, it's a third world country because there's a lot of corruption with the government. Mm-hmm. But if you look deep in, um, in, in Haitian culture, Haiti was one of the first countries that got the independence. Right. You see what happens when they got the independence from France. France was like, all right, you know what? We lost the war. We lost a lot of slaves. So what we're going to do, we're going to put these ships on, on your shores until you pay us back for every slave that we lost. Or else we're going to blow you up. So for years, Haiti was paying the France like millions and billions of dollars over the years. So that's how it came from one of the richest countries mm-hmm. to one of the, one of the poorest because they had to pay for all the slaves that they um France lost on the battle. I so think I the, heard about that. Like did that just stop like recently? Like within they like just stop start stop paying them? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'll probably say like the last ten or fifteen years. Right, yeah. Um, so, so the whole situation itself kind of sucked, but you know, I wasn't back, I wasn't there back then. Mm-hmm. If it was a, I'm like, no, I'm not paying you nothing. But I mean, if you're not there, you really can't say what the situation was. So that's mm-hmm. how I became one of the richest, the one of the poorest, because we had to pay. I mean, we actually had to pay for, win- for winning a battle, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. and and just to, as the the living comparison, you know what I'm saying? Is it is it was is it? I know. It may be a poor country, you know what I'm saying? But me being, um, I don't know how to describe, but I like to be in touch with like, like with my people, you know, I love to go to Haiti. Like I'll go to Haiti before I go to Costa Rica or some stuff like that. So with that being said, do you feel, you know what I'm saying? More connected to Haiti than you do America or do you still, uh, consider America your home and Haiti just where you was born? I mean, I'm always, I'm always going to have, I mean, you know, Haitian is my blood. So I'm always going to be Haitian. 
So, I mean, I, I'll go there, you know, every couple of years. I do have relatives still back there. So, um, you know, it's not like, you know, I just left, never went back. But I mean, so even though there's a lot of pockets of porters in the country, if you have money, you can have anything that you have here. You can have big houses, you know, you can have the luxury, anything that you want. You just mm-hmm. have to have food to get it. And because, you know, a lot of people don't have the money. So if you don't have the money, you can't live the lifestyle that you want. But the, but a lot of Americans actually go to Haiti for vacation, like during the wintertime. There's yeah. a lot of vacations out there, yeah. Yeah, that's what I, that's, that's what I always say. But if I go outside the country, it's going to be like Jamaica, Haiti, or Africa, somewhere like that before I go somewhere. And then I just found that, that, uh, Jamaica was like three or four hours from Chicago. I was like, never. I was, I was like, gotta yeah, check I that out. Yeah, I didn't know that neither. I thought it was yeah. like, when I say Jamaica, I'm thinking it's like 18, 30 hours. All right, exactly. Exactly. And ain't nothing that they really, I understand it's a poor country, you know what I'm saying? But, um, especially when we go to like Mexico and D- Dominican Republic and stuff like that, a lot of times you just stand on a resort, you know what I'm saying? At least go see your people, learn some. But, um, okay. So you get to America, um, you and your family and you go to school. Was you always into, into numbers and, and managing money or did you have other aspirations growing up going through school or how was, how was growing up as a, a in the, as a youth in America? Uh, growing up was a little rough for me because, you know, at first, you know, I didn't know how to speak English. So I kind of, I was pretty much just starting from scratch pretty much. Uh-huh. It was really, really tough. I had to get adjusted to it, but I managed. I had no other choice. You know, in America, it's either like you eat or you be eating. So exactly. like, so I learned, I learned to adapt to my environment. But at the age of nine years old, I realized it was something different about me because I have 11 brothers and sisters. I have eight older brothers and sisters, like, and like seven of them. You know, I've always felt like I was different than them. I mean, I only feel like growing up, I always felt like it was a disconnect. Mm-hmm. And they, when I was younger, they said, look, I do like you cool and everything, but like you different than us. And growing up, I thought being different was a bad thing. But then as I got older, you know, I realized my purpose, my destiny. I'm like, well, you know, that's, this is why I had to be different because I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't going to follow the same path that was following. That's why God made me different. So again, so I had to learn how to embrace the gift that was within me. But going mm-hmm. to school, I never liked math. I never liked numbers. Um, you know, I, I write books. I'm about to go my third, second and third book. I never even liked English class. But again, mm-hmm. like when you're destined for something, when it's your purpose, like God is going to give you like all the tools that you need to fulfill that purpose. Like for example, like birds, they never had to go to flying school to learn how to fly. It's <laughs> in their mm-hmm. DNA to fly. A fish never had to go swim to learn how to swim. It's in DNA. So, like, whatever your gift or your passion is, God already gave you all the tools that you need to walk in already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And you said um, you was different. In what way? In what way you say you was different? Um, like I said, because um, like I said, it was it was at the age of nine years old. That's when I realized, like, it's like I could feel something was being birthed in me. But the only problem was from the age of ten to about. 29, I wasn't connected with the right people. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you have to be connected with the right people. You have to be right in the right environment. Exactly. Um, you get the blossom for the growth. Because, um, so that's what happens. And when I turned around, when I got the age of 30, that's when I start connecting with different people. People that was outside my family, people outside my circle. I started network. I started building a friendship outside of my, outside of my comfort zone. I had to step out of my comfort zone. So once I got out of that comfort zone, I'm like, okay, cool. This is what I'm supposed to do. This is how I'm supposed to help people. This is how I'm supposed to make, I'm supposed to make a difference in people's lives. 
So like my brothers and my sisters, like they do the nine to five, you know, they do the 30, 40 years old house or retire. I'm like, how did I be more school? You know, work for, you know, 50 years, 10 years of life. No, like, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm destined for greatness. Cause even my older siblings, they told me, they was like, just go to school, get education, like, and get a job. Like, no, nah, like, I'm like, I'm destined for something else. And they used to laugh at me. They're like, nah, whatever, man. Like, it's crazy. But now they see, like, it's actually come to pass. Uh, you know, I remember going over my brother's house and you letting him, letting him hold a copy of my first book. I didn't give him because he has a five copy, but I'm like, hey, look, I'm doing it, man. He's like, well, all right, cool. When I did my first uh, magazine feature, He's like, you in the magazine? I'm like, yeah. He like, what you talking about? No, financial literacy. He's like, all right, cool. Then my second magazine, third magazine. So as they actually start seeing it, and then they actually believe me now. Now he's like, oh, when is your second book coming out? And he's mm-hmm. telling people about me. But before, if you go back 10 years ago, like he, he would laugh at me when I was talking about my goals and dreams. Right, right, right. Okay, okay. That's, that's, that, I definitely understand what you, when you, what you're saying when you say that. So, I'm no, I'm already well, well, I'm pretty sure. And just growing where I grew up, I grew up in the inner city of Chicago and they don't teach us nothing about life after high school for real. You know what I'm saying? They teach you Christopher Columbus. You know what I'm saying? They teach you how to count money and how to read. You know what I'm saying? That's pretty much what you leave with. It's a good chance. You know what I'm saying? A lot of me, including a lot of people I know, we left high school with bad credit, not even knowing what credit was. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I know you, you from Haiti and all, but do you feel like, any part of of the 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 lack of information to 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 minorities about credit is has anything to do with systemic racism, or you feel like, or we just that um, unknowledgeable about the the topic? No, I, I, it's, it's definitely disadvantage. Um, for example, you know when we go to the school system, we learned about the Pythagorean theorem, <laughs> photosynthesis, we dissect the frog. We never taught, taught how to balance a checkbook. We never taught about the, the five components of credit school. It's like, it's like, it's almost like they intentionally leave it out for some crazy reason. That's how it seems like it's like that. But, yeah. but you know, the other races, you know, whether it's white, you know, Chinese, Hispanic, they actually like teach their kids about money, about generational wealth, about breaking that cycle. It's like when I was younger, like my family, we used to talk about money, like how we didn't have money, you know, get, get certain things, but we never talked about credit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why I was so passionate for me. Once I had the opportunity to write the book, Breaking the Cycle, I'm like, this is my chance to make a difference. And then that's when I started talking to my kids about credit. So I was 29 years old when I started, when I started learning about credit. My son, he was nine years old when he started learning about credit. So he had a 20 years head start on me because I broke that cycle to talk to him about credit. Exactly. So, okay, we'll go, you say from 10 to 29. Do you remember what exactly was it? What was it? You know what I'm saying? It was like, all right, I'm finna focus on this credit shit and I'm finna, you know what I'm saying? Do whatever I gotta do to make it do gymnastics. What do, was it an exact instance or was it an epiphany? Was it a situation you was going through, lost a job or something and you just like, I gotta do something or was it just like, you just, how you just said, you know what I'm saying? I'm destined for more. You know what I'm saying? I know this, this ain't, this ain't it. Well, actually, um, so it actually started when I, when I started going to college and I got my first cell phone. Um, again, you know, you get the cell phone, get the credit cards. They don't really teach you about, mm-hmm. you know, who's going to make the pay for the insurance. They just give you a card. So I neglected my credit for years. You know, I, just, you know, if I left one cell phone coming, I went to the next. If I left one cable coming, went to the next. And I realized that stuff was going to stay on me. I didn't know about credit. 
so my credit got really bad. It was like in the low 400s. It was so bad. I used to hope somebody would steal my identity. That's how bad it was. I'm like, somebody steal it. At least right. that way I can get a new social security number. But of course, that never happened. And I got really, and I got really frustrated. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just sit back. I'm just ride out for seven to 10 years because this stuff eventually has to come off, right? But then <laughs> when I realized that, you know, credit is like, you can't ignore it because during that seven to 10 years, I was going to have to get an apartment. I was going to have to get a car. So no matter how bad I try to ignore it, it still was going to come back. You know, when I got turned down for credit cards, I got turned, I couldn't get the place I wanted to get. My ex had better credit than I had, you know, so like, if we did get some, we had to get on hers. Mm -hmm. Bad credit. So, I'm like, you know what, I got to do something different. And then I'm like, you know, if I can't do it for myself, I'm going to do it for my kids, you know what I mean? What kind of life am I going to provide for them if I got bad credit? So, it was really because of my kids that really made a big difference. Mm -hmm. So, that's really how I got into it. So then once I learned the credit game, I'm like, all right, cool, I'm good. But I'm like, you know what, how many of my friends and family might need this service? Right. So then I started doing it. I was actually just doing free service for people. People like DM me, inbox me, say, hey, look, I need some help with my credit. I would just send the information for free. And I'm like, hold up, man, I could actually make some money doing this. So mm -hmm. then I started the business, but then I want to take a step further. I'm like, you know, I want to help even more people. And that's when I wrote the book. Now... I'm starting to, um, like next fall, I'm starting to tap the colleges and high schools so I can get my books, some of that curriculum into the school system. That way I can help even more kids. Because mm -hmm. again, it's selfish for me to get all this good information. You said high school, right? Yeah, high schools and okay, colleges. That, that was one of my, I was thinking about that when I was in my slavery early. I was like, you know what I'm saying? Cause that's, you know, that's, I, I always say that, you know what I'm saying? Cause like, even with the credit cards, like it's a good chance you'll get a credit card before you exit high school. Not even knowing what, you know, I got a credit card before exiting high school. Like, it's just free money. You know what I'm saying? I ain't nobody going, I ain't got to pay nobody back. I'm blowing it. You know what I'm saying? Then don't worry, but send me a letter with my name on it. I'm cutting it up. So with that being said, how did you learn? You said your credit score was like in the low fours. You know what I'm saying? So how did you learn? Who taught you the credit game? And how long did it take you to get back to, you know what I'm saying, to to now, I'm pretty sure you probably getting some crazy what now, but how long did it take you to get, you know what I'm saying, to an average, an average score? Well, and, first, um, I'm sorry. If this is, I'm sorry if I'm loading you. What damaged your credit? Just the, the phones going crazy with the phones and credit cards? Yeah, just the, um, uh, the phones, the, the credit cards, the cable bills, BGE. It was just like a compound of a lot of derogatory items because, like I said, I didn't know about the late fees. I didn't know about like, if, if you was late so many times that they would just close your account. Cause I'm like, all right, I could be late, you know, often as long as I'm paying them, I'm good. But no, like I didn't know that. I didn't know it was a 30, 60, 90 day late payment. I just thought late was late. I wasn't mm -hmm. at work there. I didn't know the five components that make up your credit score. 35% is your payment history. 30% is your credit usage. 15% is your credit history. 10% is new credit. Other 10% is a mixture of credit. I didn't know those things. So. Since I didn't have the tools, it was kind of hard for me to get ahead and catch up. So, you know, I, I worked with, I had worked with a couple companies. It wasn't really helping me. And then, you know, sometimes you'll talk to people that got good credit. It's like, oh, you don't have to pay nobody. You can do it on your own. So I'm like, all right, cool. You know what I mean? Right. I'm pretty smart. I could, I could do it on my own. Right. So I started studying, started researching. I did about two years of research and studying. But then that's when I was able to learn the credit game. Because mm -hmm. credit is always evolving, it's always changing. So I learned enough to get where I need to get. Then that's when I started spreading the message, start helping different people. Okay, okay. So when you learn what you need to learn, you know what I'm saying, to spread it and to get where you need to get, 
Um, can you say what method specifically you used to, to, to get yourself back to an average score? Or was it just, um, trial and error with, with all these, you know what I'm saying? Different so things. The, the biggest thing was really was discipline. That was the biggest thing of all. Um, you know, learn to live within my means. That was another thing that I had to go through. Because, you know, if you're not, if you're not disciplined, you can read all the books in the world that you want. You can have the yeah. best person in your credit report, but, but all you want to do is make the same mistake over and over. So once I got disciplined, I was able to live within my means, say, hey, look, it's okay. Like if I can't eat a steak tonight, it's okay. Get some of the value menu. You know what I mean? I'm not going to die. So once I learned that, once I learned those two things, everything else kind of fell in place. But again, it really starts with discipline. That's where everybody starts at. And then also I had to, I had to stop being cheap too. I had to, I had to learn how to invest in myself. You know, I had to learn how to get the books that I need to get, the videos I need to get. I also had to invest money with certain companies to help me build my credit too. So once I got where it needs to go, then that's when I learned the tools and the knowledge. Okay. So, uh, um, a lot of things, well, I won't say a lot of things you hear, but a lot of things you hear, you know what I'm saying, in my area, um, you hear that, Credit cards help your credit. Is this is this fact or fiction? Yeah, it actually help you helps your credit. Um, so credit is, is a tool, and you know if you use it right, you can help your life and the next two generations. If you don't have the knowledge and the tools and you use it, you wrong, said the next two generations. Yeah, if you use it right, you can set your ne- the next two generation up. But if you don't have the tools and if you don't have the knowledge how to use it, you can mess up your life and the next generation too. So it's just another tool that's in the toolbox. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you actually need credit to build credit. Okay. So, um, okay. Another thing, um, I've heard pertaining to, you know what I'm saying, people, uh, building your credit yourself, you know what I'm saying, also pertains to the credit cards. Um, I've been advised, you know what I'm saying, get a, get a, uh, JCPenney credit card and buy a bottle of cologne every month and just pay the bill. Is that anything that, that, um, would boost my help boost my credit, or should I try something else different to I want to specifically uh, boost my credit? Yeah, so adding trade line, like you mentioned, whether it's department store credit card, whether it's revolving credit, or whether it's installment, will help your credit. But you have to understand, if you have a lot of negative items on your credit score, you're gonna get minimum to little no result. It's almost like going to school. You're gonna get a grade for going to school, but if you mm-hmm. don't get that HD, you really have to put some work into it. So if you have negative items, you're gonna see little uh, minimal positive results. Okay, okay. Um, still staying on the lines of that. Um, I got uh, another thing you hear people say is no credit is better than bad credit. Is that true or false? Uh, so it all depends on how you look at it, you know. Because like, if you don't have no credit, um, and you're trying to you're trying to obtain a mortgage, you're trying to get like a loan from the bank. They're going to turn you down. It's like having no credit. No credit is like having bad credit. It goes hand in hand because they need to see their history. Because your credit card, I mean, your credit report is like your adult report card. You know, when you're in school, when you go from like a different school, they look at your report card, see what you have been doing. So that's that's all your um, your credit report is like your adult report card. They're like, what have you been doing the last 18 to 20 years? What have, what have you been doing the last 24 months? That's how they tell what kind of person you are. By your credit report. Okay, so okay. You, so, so if you don't have nothing on it, they go to something where, you know what, this person don't have no credit, so they must have bad credit. Okay, so if you don't have no credit, does it start at zero? What's no credit? Do you- so it starts at, uh, 
Okay, okay. So say um we got somebody here with no credit at a three hundred and somebody with bad credit at a three hundred. If they both get a credit card, do they score rise equally or do, do the person who earned the bad credit do theirs go slower because they earned it? So the person with bad credit is gonna take a while for for their school to go up because they have those negative stuff on already. Mm-hmm. So with don't nothing on it, this is gonna go faster. That's why, mm-hmm. like you know, like young kids. When you have um, young kids, once they turn like 16, 17, you have a credit card. You could actually put them at, let's say, like their ninth grade, right? You put them on as an authorized user on your credit card. You paying your bills every month. By the time that child graduates high school by eighteen, they might have a seven fifty eight hundred credit score because they piggyback off your credit and they even have to do nothing about it. So it's easier to bring it up if you don't have nothing versus if you got bad credit. Then you're trying to bring it up. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I definitely, I, that's something I always, once I understood what credit was, and I always felt like I was, did so much damage to my stuff. I like my daughter, like I was like, cause you know, and, and I'm from, you know what I'm saying, the inner city of Chicago. So it's like, is you, you will hear about, you know what I'm saying, the kids having the light bills and stuff in their names and the cable bill in their name, but it ain't to boost their credit, you know what I'm saying? It's cause, cause mama and daddy can't get it in their name. So I'm thinking, you know what I'm saying? Once I learned what it was, I'm like, I'm going to get my baby's credit card. So by the time they graduate high school, you can get one of them on a commercial and say that Ben's 200 a month, you can get it for 200 a month. You know what I'm saying? Cause that's one thing I used to, I, I, I became an adult and I was like, man, I thought TV say you get this car 200 a month. Uh, my credit all messed up. I can't do nothing on shorty. So with that being said, um, we're going to keep going with the myths a little bit, um, the little fact and fiction, man. So another thing you hear is people say paying early boosts your credit. I hear this a lot when it comes to cars. Is that true or is that a myth or is it certain um, car companies or is it or how is it, or is it just any, any paying anything early that goes on your credit like they know your your payment date for every everything you, you're involved with? So when you saying paying early, you mean like make your monthly payment early, you paying yeah, the whole thing off yeah, early. Paying early, so, both. I mean you'll be doing both if you pay so, early. Uh, so so if you pay the whole thing off early, it's not gonna it's not gonna hurt your credit score, but once you pay it off and it start reporting every month, your score is gonna drop. Yeah, I know it sounds crazy, right? So you have a car, you make the payments, you made it on time for like, you made your payments on time for like three years, then boom, the next time it reports to the credit bureau, it's not reporting that car pay, your score's gonna take a hit. And then so the, the other thing, uh, as far as making your payment, so paying it early is not gonna penalize. So if you wanna pay early, you actually wanna pay before the date that actually reports to the credit bureau because every credit card have a certain date that reports to the credit bureau. So if you want to pay early, you want to pay before that date. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So, <clears throat> all right. Uh, we had we had talked about this a couple times earlier. So, is this factor friction seven years? Is that the exact date for anything to fall off your credit? So it, it kind of varies from state to state. Uh, this, 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 <coughs> So the statute of limitation, it can vary from state to state, but typically most items are seven years. And then, you know, in that seven years, it's not even written in stone. It's just something that the credit bureaus just put out there uh, for most items. But but sometimes it, it can go past the statute of limitation and it can still stay on your credit report. And that's why it's important to pull your credit report. And that's the mistake a lot of people make. They're like, well, if I just ignore, you know, I don't have to worry about it. No, like you can actually pull your credit for at least once a year for free, the free annual credit report.com. 
that you get a report, all three credit reports, so you can see a report. Because one out of ten Americans don't even know what's on their credit report because they don't pull it. So why mm-hmm. not look at it? That's very, very important. Okay, okay. So, um, okay. Why does, you know what I'm saying, this is another thing. I don't know if it's true. I don't know if it's, but that's why I got you here. So <laughs> is it true, like, when you, if I go look at a car and they run my credit, is it true that hits, hurts my credit every time somebody looks at my credit? Is that true? Yeah, so it depends if it's a soft or hard inquiry. So nine out of ten times, you're going to go to the dealership. If, and if you have bad credit, they could probably run your credit anywhere between, like, five to 17 times. Right. Because they're going to... Yeah, because their goal is to get you a card. They don't care how messed up they mess your credit process. Exactly. So, so typically, in a perfect world, you shouldn't have no more than two hard inquiries on your credit report. Because the hard inquiries, they're still on your credit report for two Annually? years. Annually? Yeah, you shouldn't have no more than two because they're still on it for two, 24 months. At any given time, you shouldn't have no more than two. Of course, if you have zero, it's even better, but you should not have no more than two. Mm-hmm. So when you have like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twenty. I mean, that hurts your credit because um, it's going to drop your score for every single one of them, anywhere between one to five points for every single one of them. But also, too, like the banks and lenders, they're like, well, why are we going to let you hold money? Like, you can try and get money from everybody else. Mm-hmm. So, of course, it looks bad. Uh, but hard inquiries are not hard to remove. They can be removed pretty easy. Um, I think I did a video. Um, I might, I might have a video on my page where you could actually remove experience hard inquiries within 24 hours. Um, actually, I did it on myself one time. It took like eight hours to get like seven hard inquiries off. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. <clears throat> so, um, okay, we mentioned you mentioned the three different, you know what I'm saying, credit bureaus. So, yeah. why do we need? Why is it three different credit bureaus for one score? Which one should you? Which one is the definite? If I have to, you know, what I'm saying, make a, a a hit on my credit, which one do I look at? You know. Which one is the annual credit report? Is that all three? Like what? Why do I? Why is it three different? Three different ones instead of one for 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 the credit. Well, because first of all, like companies actually pay these credit bureaus um, to collect to report the information every month. So companies actually pay them. So some companies might go to Experience, some might go Equifax, some might go TransUnion, some might use all three of them. It just depends on the company. And that's why if you go on a free annual credit report.com, they give you all three reports. For free. It's usually once a year, but during this pandemic, you can actually pull it every seven days. You can actually pull your credit for free. Is it the, is, is it going to be the same score on every one of them? So, so with the free annual credit report, it just, it just gives you your report. It doesn't give you a score. Now, if you mm-hmm. want the score, you have to pay. But like, no, the scores can fluctuate. You're never going to have the same score on three of them because they use different algorithms to pick out the scores. Are they wildly different? Like, would you have a, a 600 and 650 and a 700? I know. I mean, it's usually typically between like, you know, anywhere between like five to 20 points different because they have their own algorithm, how they calculate their score. But it shouldn't be none like, you know, like 30, 40 or 50 points. But again, one of the reasons there might be difference because like all your bills, all your credit cards not reported to the same ones. Like I said, two might report to a, TransUnion, and they might skip Equifax, or they might go TransUnion, so it just depends on what they report to. But mm-hmm. that's why it's important to always look at your credit report to see what's on there. Because, you know, if one of them is down by 50 points, it might be something that's reported negative on that credit report that you're not aware of. Mm-hmm. And when you when you doing business like that, like buying houses, cars, and stuff, can you 
choose which which uh text which one you want them which um which one you want them to run and can you let them know if you wanna want them to make a soft inquiry over a hard inquiry or is it just how they do their business? Um, so it depends. So you can't tell them which one to pick because they already have they already have a stone which one they're gonna use already. So but what you can do is before you go to a if you're gonna do a business with a company or a certain bank, you can actually Google which one they use. And that way you can kind of determine um, if you're going to go with that, with that company. Um, so as far as soft inquiries, um, eight out of 10 times, if it's a soft inquiry, they'll let you know ahead of time. Because a soft inquiry, you use the last four days, your social security number, and uh, it doesn't have a negative impact on your credit. Okay. Okay. So <clears throat> can I print out my credit score and records and just Take it with me instead of like when I go to take care of some being like, yeah, hey, here go, you know what I'm saying? Instead of y'all hitting my hitting my shit. No, they didn't. They want to. They want to do it their own self because you know anything could have changed. Let's just say you pulled it this morning at like eight o'clock in the morning, and you know for some crazy reason by like twelve p.m. a collection company decided to go after you. You know it's going to be a change. You know they want they want to use this system, their metrics. Okay, and when and when people like like say if you don't pay your Pay a car no late, or if you don't pay a car no at all, you pay a credit card late, you don't pay it at all. Do they report that immediately to the credit bureau? And when they get that report, do they immediately put that into your your current credit scoring report, or does that take time as well? So, so again, it, it varies on a company because some companies might report to the credit bureaus on the fifteenth, some might do it on the third. It just depends whatever date they have set aside and report to the credit bureaus. So once they report, if they used to report on the fifteenth. When they're 15, you know, you look, you pull your credit report, you're going to see that mark on it. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So I got a few more questions before I get you up out of here, man. So this one is, um, this question, is, it pertains to kind of like, well, where I'm from in inner city of Chicago and what the youth use these for is, you know what I'm saying, is like kind of like scamming, you know what I'm saying, and that's a CPN. If you could explain to me what a CPN is and what exactly is it for? Well, basically, actually, CPNs are actually they're illegal. So what some people would do, they'll use CPNs and place a social security number instead of using your social security number. Um, those are illegal. People getting allowed to trouble for those. I mean, you know, I stay away from those CPNs. Like I say, they've been out for a while. They kind of died down. But I don't know. I think they might be trickling back. But um, you can get in a lot of trouble for using those because if it if it says if, if on the paper if it asks for your social security number, that's what it's asking. For. Right, right. That's what I said. I don't know too much about them. I just know like people use them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like as a as like being a new person. And then like somebody actually forwarded me a YouTube video where it's like people explaining how it's not and how rich people use it. So if it's illegal, why is it even something that's accessible? Is it not one of them? Another one of systemic traps like you know what I'm saying so what's the so, point what's the purpose so um so you know celebrities you know they have certain perks that we don't have we don't have we don't have you know what I mean that's how it works so I have heard that sometimes celebrities will use those to mask to actually social security them because if you don't want to get their real social security them coming out but again they're celebrities <laughs> so, so they have you know special privileges that we don't have but I do know CPN. So actually, there's a video on my page, Instagram page, talking about CPN. 
people going in a lot of trouble. And people charging like a lot of money for those CPS too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, it's yeah, cause, cause, cause you can get it already loaded. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. can get it, you can get a number already loaded so that you can go get loans, cars, all that type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? And then that's why I was like, and the way the, the person was explaining it to me, I was like, yo, if you do all this to your real credit, you know what I'm saying? Your shit would be, you know what I'm saying? Raw. You know what I'm saying? But it's, it's just a whole thing. You know what I'm saying? Like it was a, I, I was told about buying trade lines and putting it on a CPN, boosting the score, stuff like that. But it's yeah, just, so, so I would definitely say, you know, trade lines are definitely a good thing to have, but that's CPN. That's a no, no right there. Man. You yeah. get a lot of trouble with CPN. Yeah. And you know, when it comes to credit, there's really no, uh, no, no, no magic, but there's no really quick fix. You know what I mean? Like, so if your credit was damaged for like 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, like, What's another six months or a year working on it? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing about, that's the thing about, you know, smart evil geniuses. I'm like, if you take that evil genius and turn it on positive, you could be doing something right. good with it. Right. Uh, you know, somebody will drop, you know, like $500,000 by CPN, where they could spend that money and get their own credit fixed and they wouldn't even have to be doing nothing about, they wouldn't even have to be doing nothing illegal, not crazy. So, I mean, mm-hmm. just, the world is just kind of weird. Okay, okay. So, so <clears throat> with you, with you being who you are, what would you say the best? I want to, I want to boost my credit. I'm probably at like six. I want to, the best way to boost my credit, you know what I'm saying? Starting now, the average, average household, average budget. What's the best way to start my boost, start boosting my credit today? So the first thing you do is you want to pay your bills on time. That's 35 cent credit school right there. Mm-hmm. The second thing, when you give any type of credit card you have, the credit bills actually keep at 30% your balance. But really you want to keep at like 20% or 10% cause you want to keep under that 20%. So you keep your balance down, pay your bills on time. And then another thing you can do, you can add, you can add a secure credit card. You know, you can add, you can add a credit my rent. We can actually have your rental history something on your credit report. If you mm-hmm. know there's somebody in your family have excellent credit, they can put you on as authorized use. They don't have to give you a card. Those are things that you can do like right away to see results. Mm. Interesting. Okay, okay. So with that being said, let's let's talk about your book a little bit, man. I definitely appreciate the knowledge, man, clearing those things up for me. So so your book, what what made you want to put this stuff in a book? You know what I'm saying? Cause uh, you might hear a lot of people say, if you want people to find something, you know, if you want people not to find something, you put it in a book. What made you want to put this information in a book and, and what was the reaction to it? Um, because I knew, because, because I know everybody learned differently. Some people can give them like a computer to learn it, but there's still people out there that I know that read books. <laughs> so there's not a lot of them, but there's people out there that read books. And also want to tap into like the high schools and colleges. I mean, anybody can walk into the principal's office and say, hey, look, you know, I have a good idea how to help kids. But you give them something tangible in their hand, like, hey, look, I wrote this book right here. Can you look over, give me a pen on it? It's, the conversation is different. Something you can put in their hand. You know, giving somebody an autographed book that they never had an autographed book in their life, it's like that, that, that means something. Yeah, I could say, you know, hey, go fix your credit. I could say, you know, here's a 90 page book right here that you can read that got the meat and potato that you could apply today. Next 39 days have good credit. They're like, all right, cool. They're going to appreciate a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, <clears throat> uh, one of the things people might see, well, I see a lot where I'm from, you know what I'm saying? Even advertised on the side of the street, on like the side of the wall and stuff is like, People, um, you pay people to fix your credit. 
Do you recommend anybody going to somebody to get that credit fixed or just doing something like grabbing your book and, and be fake working on it yourself? All right. So, so grabbing a book will answer about 90% of questions that you have about credit. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had people that sent me texts, uh, you know, or message or whatever. They said, look, because I was able to read your book and, and um, apply the knowledge in your book, I can get a house in the next six months to a year. So it really depends on if they just want to get that knowledge or not. Um, like I said, my son, he's 11. He, re- he read my book and he liked it. My daughter, 15. Matter of fact, I had reached out to her the other day. I said, look, I gave you that um, autographed book. You mind reading over it? And, you know, give me your opinion. Because I know my kids, they like, they're going to tell you the raw, honest truth. Exactly. And actually, she's a little too honest. I thought she was going to say more nice thing about the book. But um, but the thing is, you know, the book, there's a lot of knowledge in that book that can really change your life. And it don't matter whether you're 11 years old or 52 years old. You can read that book and you're going to learn something about credit that you never learned before. Now, if your credit is jacked up, it's messed up. Um, There are some things you can do on your own. But then mm-hmm. again, like, you know, if, you know, somebody have a total camera, the transmission go up, and they could probably Google on YouTube how to put all the 2,872 pieces back together. But if they don't know what they're doing, they could actually make that transmission worse. So then they will hire a mechanic to do the job. So you kind of have to, you know, use your own judgment to, like, how bad is it? And that's why it's important to pull your credit periodically to see what's on it. That way you know where you're at. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. And, um... Okay, another question. So if with the myth of things fall off in, in in seven years, if I got some of my credit that's six years old, do I do I focus on paying it off or do I wait it off? Okay, so as far as collection, you should never pay it off. The only time you should pay off a collection is if you have something in writing that say, look, we want to delete this negative item once you pay it off. It's called paper deletion. Because what happens if you don't get that letter in, if you don't get that letter in writing beforehand, you're gonna pay that Macy's bill for like that 500, 800, whatever, right? It's gonna show paid in full, but that negative mark is still gonna be on it. Then they're not gonna take that negative mark off. Mm-hmm. So now you still gotta pay somebody else to get that negative mark off because that company did not take it off. That's why if you if you not get that letter, you just wanna hire somebody to get that negative mark off yourself, and you can work on your own credit. You can't fix your own credit, but you have to know the verbiage and the language what to say when you reach out to the credit bureau. Because with the number one mistake that people make, they'll make their disputes online. Like you go to Credit Karma, they say, hey, you can make your disputes online. But you have to think about like, why would they make it easy for you to dispute stuff online? Because actually like, if, before you hit that submit button, if you read through that fine print about like 10 or 20 pages, you actually give up a lot of your rights when you hit mm-hmm. that when you dispute online. And also, there's no paper trail when you dispute online. So that's why I, I tell all my clients, any type of dispute, you want to do it through the mail. That was a, there's a paper trail that you actually send yourself in. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So, <clears throat> with that being said, is, 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 in your opinion, is credit better than cash? Is having good credit better than having a lot of cash? Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, like, you know, if you try and get a million dollar home, you can't walk into the bank, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't, you know, just give somebody a million dollars most of the time. Well, I'll put it like this, right? So having credit is like having options, you know, it gives you options. 
if you have a nice house, right, and you want to get a deck built on the side of your house, this is gonna cost like forty grand. Yeah, you could go into your four hundred one k, take out forty grand. You can take a lot of your saving, but if you got good credit, you can go to the bank. They're gonna give you some else's. They're gonna use some else's forty grand. And you know, low interest, maybe no interest. You're gonna get that beautiful deck. You're gonna pay the bank back over time. So like, after you pay the bank back, you still got all your four. You still got your money you're saving. You still got the brand new deck. And, you know, you use somebody else's money. So it just gives you options. It's almost like, you know, it's like eating pizza. Everybody don't like eating cheese pizza. Maybe you might want pepperoni. Maybe you might want pineapple. All it does mm-hmm. is give you more options and more choices. And the last time I checked, people like choices. People like the options. That's why when people like, you know, you know, they rather use cash over credit. I'm like, all right, that's cool. Because like I said, everybody don't like options. But most people with common sense want options. They want more choices. I mean, my thing is, I, I like to feel like, you know what I'm saying, growing up the way I did and where I'm from, you know what I'm saying, we, we, uh, we used to a lot of stuff being taken from us, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, a lot of things, a lot of, you know what I'm saying, guys where I'm from, you know what I'm saying, we just come up bad credit using cash, you know what I'm saying? So when we get to this stage, it's like, damn, what the fuck, what, you know what I'm saying, what are we supposed to do, you know what I'm saying? So that's definitely dope. Did you say you was going to try, you was getting a curriculum in the schools? Yeah, so I'm working on, actually I'm working on a podcast too, uh, this mm-hmm. dude reached out to me like, man, back a few hours ago. Yeah, you got, um, yeah. Yeah, next month we're gonna work on a podcast. I got a lady in California, she wanna work online, some online courses, and I just wanna get that message out there cause something that's needed. Yeah, because this is definitely information that they selling, you know what I'm saying? And, and I know, like I said, I know a couple of scammers that's, that's sick with the CPN stuff. And I'll be like, man, if y'all do that stuff to real people, real, real credit, man, y'all could have something going on, man. But, um, you know, that's the lifestyle some people chose to choose to live. So um, before I get you up out of here, man, what would you say the, the uh, most important three thing is to to always remember when it comes to your credit? Um, you know, like I said, your credit... It's like your uh, adult report card. It just tells you what have you been doing most of your life. And also when it comes to credit, it's a tool. You can use it for something good and better your life. Or if you use it wrong, you can mess your life up too. And then three, like, um, you know, you have to break that cycle. You know, just because your mom or your dad didn't tell you about credit, and you right. actually have an opportunity. Like, you can literally learn everything you need to learn at the palm of your hand off your, off your phone. Get that knowledge, you know, pass down to your kid. And one more thing too, the fourth one is putting your kids on as authorized users on your credit card. But that's only if you, that's only if you got good credit, you paying your bills on time. That's what I'm going to call my mama right after this. Yeah. Cause if you got, cause if you got bad credit, you put your kids on it, you gonna start messing joint even worse. But um, that's, that's very, very important. Cause um, other races, you know, put their kids on like when they're young. Mm-hmm. And then by the time they graduate college, by the time they graduate right. high school, they sitting on seven hundred seven fifty, and then that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. You putting them on, so you got to mm-hmm. you have to break that cycle, and that's why the name of the book is called "Break the Cycle." You don't have to live with bad credit because it's on you to break that cycle. So, and then the other cool thing is, you know, you, you start within your home. Like I said, I started with my son. Like I remember when he was nine years old, or, you know, a few years ago, he was knocking on doors, you know, handing out flowers and our baseball on Saturday. You know, just me and him, just doing that, just kicking it. While most kids was home watching cartoons, we was out talking uh, in the neighborhood talking to you about credit. Again, it's about breaking that cycle. When I was younger, I mean, if I said something like that to my dad, let's go knock on doors, teach him about credit, I looked at him like I was crazy. Mm-hmm. But again, I had to break that cycle, get that into them at a very, very young age. 
All right, man. So I definitely appreciate your time, man. Definitely appreciate the knowledge, man. If you don't mind, tell the people where they can find you and, and your business if they can get some um some information and or some knowledge where they can find you. Yeah, so you can go to RonnieFrancois.com. Where you can follow me on IG, Mr. Ronnie underscore Credit Hero, um, where I put like a ton of jewels and gym yeah. every single day. I mean, just putting it out there. Or you can just call me directly, 443-738-5529, Free consultation like that? Yeah, free consultation, man. Like yeah. I said, um, cause I'm at the point, I'm like, you know what? Everybody I talk to is not going to sign up for my service. And I'm cool with that because I'm, I'm, I'm realistic. Mm-hmm. But by the time we get off that 15 to 27 minute conversation, right. I got to get into a science. You're going to learn something about credit that you didn't right. know. So mm-hmm. as long as you get something out of the conversation, I'm cool with that. Because when you're ready, you're like, all right, I'm going to hit Ronnie up. You know, he kicked that free. Yeah. And he gave that that's why. And, and that's why I really that's really why I brought you onto the show, because I see people like credit fixes all the time, especially on Instagram. But what made a difference, you know what I'm saying? You steady dropping the gems. You know, people, they don't give you nothing until you pay. You know what I'm saying? They still don't give you nothing. They just be like, all right, give me your information. I'm going to fix it for you. You know what I'm saying? But you yeah. definitely giving out free crack to the people, man. So I definitely had to bring you on. And if you don't mind, whenever some I, I got some credit news, man, I, I wouldn't mind having to bring you back, man. It's just like my my credit specialist, man. So we, I, I like to have... I, I don't, don't nobody know at all, you know what I'm saying? So I hate to get on here and flatter the people. So if you don't mind, I'd love to have you back, man. Yeah. And then when I get my next shipment of books, you know, cause, um, they go by so fast. I'll definitely, um, mail you out a copy, man. Yeah. Um, that yeah. too. That too. And when the podcast start up, I want to have you guys on, on and everything. We got to bring it back, man. For real. Well, I appreciate the love, man. You know, no problem. Moving, man. The people need that, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Appreciate your time, man. Take it easy. All right, thank you. All right, man.